0: I apologize for being rather disheveled. Um, I didn't sleep; spent the whole night trying to reach out to pretty much anyone I know in Beirut, making sure that they're that they're fine. Um, I was it was a very long night, and I say this as someone who's away from Beirut at the moment. But I think if you if you consider that city home, and if you if you have any sort of love for Lebanon, then it would be very strange to have a good night's rest, given what happened. The, uh, I mean, I'll start by saying that I released yesterday's episode about the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, uh, with the understanding that the verdict was coming out on Friday. I read this morning that the Special Tribunal has postponed their judgment for two weeks. So I will, uh, I will re-release that episode in two weeks. It's available now, but um, I'll uh, I'll share it once again, uh, closer to the uh, the new date for the verdict. Uh, I tried putting together something quickly yesterday um, in the introduction to the episode, just uh, a suggestion on how to donate, and um, I thought I'd dedicate this episode solely to that, Uh and maybe touch on a few general things without going into any analysis because I don't think it's uh, the right time. And I know that I'm not the only person who feels that way, so regardless, it's uh, there's time for that. Right now, it's, um, I mean, the, the suffering is so immense that uh, I think all the focus should be on that. So just to get sort of get the uh, donations suggestions uh, up, and again, I apologize that this is a bit of a, a bit of an unedited episode. Uh, I'm just going to link here a few suggestions. Uh, the first is the Lebanese Red Cross, and if you're able to, um, they have an, uh, a link posted directly to their to their page, and um, you can easily donate to them. Uh, they, I'm going to open it once again, sorry about this, yes, their donations page takes uh, contributions easily, so that's first suggestion, Lebanese Red Cross. Um, their link is also in the details box. Another suggestion uh, would be, just giving page for impact Lebanon. Uh, Of course, Impact Lebanon has been around, but there's a page up, Disaster Relief for Beirut Explosion, and they're raising £5 million to provide disaster relief after the explosion in Beirut. Um, It's a crowdfunding page, so that's another suggestion. Um, I'm also going to sort of run through several local NGOs, and all of their pages will be in the details box to this episode. So... Just click on them and uh, donate uh, donate accordingly. Accordingly, um, there's Ahlafouda. There's Al uh, Baraka. There's Live Love Beirut. There's Caritas Lebanon. Lebanon needs. And there's Embrace. And there's ser- several other suggestions as well. So um, I'll also say something that for anyone who's contributing to the podcast this uh, this month, in August, every donation, every contribution uh, will be forwarded on to the Lebanese Red Cross. So that that's uh, from my side. Anyone who's contributing for the month of August, I will simply just uh, forward those those donations to the Lebanese Red Cross. I'm repeating myself, I know. I mean, I, I think I may have slept 30 minutes. Um, there's a piece that I woke up to this morning. A friend of mine, uh, who's been on the podcast several times. Uh, Faisal Aitani And I actually uh, recently saw him in, uh, in March, Washington, D.C. I did an episode with him, and we touched on corruption and uh, incompetence, and uh, holding Lebanese state to account. And of course, the other side of the story, the geopolitics, which is really, I think, uh, his sort of professional focus, if you will, is on uh, sub-state behavior and, and geopolitics and the like, Middle East politics. But, um, but he's an astute observer somebody Who's, uh, who's experienced the corruption up front. And he shared an opinion piece in the New York Times. It's called Lebanon's Mushroom Cloud of Incompetence. Yesterday's explosion, which destroyed Beirut's port, much of the city and countless lives, was the result of business as usual. Um, I'm linking this uh, opinion piece because... Um, it's from the 1990s, late 1990s he's an ambitious sort of civil servant if you will trying to upgrade the uh, filing the Lebanese port, digitize the uh, the sort of the process. This is over 20 years ago and um, he was at the port and um, he sort of elaborates his own sort of experience in, uh, in dealing with mismanagement and uh, corruption. I'm going to just read a few sections. And um, he starts by saying, "My first summer job was at the port of Beirut. It was the late '90s and I was just a teenager. I spent muggy months entering shipping data as part of an ambitious new pr- program to move the port from analog to digital log keeping. It was as unglamorous as you would expect from a bottom-rung job in the bowels of Middle East bureaucracy. But despite the heat and the monotony, there was optimism. And uh, he's describing the uh, the post-Civil War environment where the, the port was rebuilt, was, uh, was repaired, and was functioning again. And, um, even back then. I mean, the story of Lebanon's corruption today goes back to those years, of course. And uh, there's just public servants, civil servants, government officials, the whole lot, actively turning away, turning a blind eye to the bad decisions being made. And... Um, port is gone, blown up multiple explosions I mean, two big explosions the second one causing a mushroom cloud effect what appears to be 2700 tons of ammonium nitrate I mean an explosive uh, chemical Apparently the world that depends on it for fertilizer and and the like and it's part of I mean it's meant to be handled differently and it's also an explosive material construction and, and, and those things it's often sought after when you know bad actors want to get their hands on something like that that said the, uh, the fact that Lebanon has ammonium nitrate is not the story the story is that 2700 tons of ammonium nitrate were just meters away from a very, very sorry about this a residential neighborhood uh, I mean a neighborhood that anyone who's been through Beirut in the last maybe maybe 15 years 20 years has definitely gone through this neighborhood and I say that because people li- have lived there even during the Civil War, it's a residential neighborhood. Um, people stayed living there after the Civil War ended. It's just that it became a nightlife destination, and cafes, and, and, and sort of a more hip part of the city. That's where I spend most of my social evenings. And it's unrecognizable right now. I mean, yeah, the images are horrifying. There are many people I know, uh, some of them are friends from the podcast, others are just sort of friends that uh, friends of mine in, in Beirut. They are injured. Uh, their homes were blown apart. So much material damage. Uh, across the city, on Bliss Street, just west of AUB, my uh, my mom lives in Ross Beirut and uh, family apartment took a hit in kitchen and living room. damage. I mean anywhere in Beirut, I think I mean it's just they're saying up to half of the city was impacted by this explosion and it'll be something like 15 billion dollars in, in, uh, in repair. I'm just pointing the, I'm adding statistics here and they're not really important I think it's the human suffering that uh, that matters but this kind of uh, this level of incompetence is for better or worse part and parcel to post-war Lebanon with that said um, I think it's also important to recognize something and I'm not going to go too deep into this maybe at a later, st- later stage when the time is more appropriate it can be explored further but it's not a secret that um, the security of the port, the security of the airport uh, is more or less one groups domain, more or less I'm not saying that they kept the ammonium nitrate there for their own purposes. I'm not saying that they necessarily were comfortable with having that much ammonium nitrate in one location right in the middle of the city Um, but uh, turning a blind eye to their activities is also just a part of the post-war experience. So I think uh, I think the corruption the magnitude of corruption and it doesn't matter if individuals or groups or one particular group was trying to take advantage of that ammonium nitrate dump, the fact is that the Lebanese state, in its in its current uh, capacity, whatever is left of it, uh, is unable to just take care of the well-being Of uh, or the lives of Beiruti residents so the victims here are Lebanese Lebanese citizens and uh, over a hundred died and the statistics of injuries is staggering over 4,000 injured the material damage I mean in itself and uh, seems like uh, there's something that's coming to an end uh Coming to an end, meaning that it's it's abundantly clear now that uh, what you see is a state that is ungovernable, and something new will have to take over at some point. There's some some new relationship between the citizens, between the state and citizens, will have to come to fruition. I don't think, uh, and this has been expressed in many episodes on this podcast. I don't think reform is no longer a, uh, a possibility that symbiotic relationship between extreme corruption and extreme malice i mean this is this is violence this is violence against citizens you know i'm just going to i don't want to make it personal but i'll uh, i'll just add something here that in recent years i've been uh, staying in Maram khayr when i visit beirut port is my view I mean I, I can see it it's literally the uh, the cranes are my are my view and uh, I mean so many people I know use Charlotte hello they drive past Charles hello around that time I mean I'm often heading north to Tripoli and it doesn't even matter you don't have to be heading north to Tripoli the fact that if you're just in Beirut now and you're close enough to the port and you're unaware that there's that much explosives not being checked thoroughly or even the fact that it's there to begin with that you're at risk your life is at risk by simply being in Beirut and in particular certain parts of the city that you you could die I mean that's um, I think that's it there's nothing more to add to that there's no um beyond demonstrations, it's beyond protests, it's beyond policy papers, it's beyond sort of analysis, I think, it's beyond thought. This is just the end of something that didn't work, it, it rotted its way to hell. Um, I'm just lucky that from the people I love and care for, That uh, no one is dead. And uh, I'm lucky. But uh, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. And I really feel bad for Beirut. It would mean a great deal if anyone watching or listening to this episode uh, donates. And uh, just click on the details box. Thank you.